This is The Road to Grandeur by Brant Trebor, as read by the author. Chapter 2 Noble A balding, rotund man with his left boot off sat on a cot in Dr. Sanger's clinic. Nobleman Thaddeus Gumble had left the mayor's house during the fourth night of a week of parties. His enormous nose beamed red from too much ale, and his pale, thin lips gave him a carp-like appearance. He complained loudly to his servant, Sarah Tanner, while she swiftly organized his belongings. Sarah expertly folded his clothes heaped in the corner of a room. Her sinewy frame, caramel-colored skin, and effortless efficiency contrasted the nobleman's crass behavior. Sir, this is the best doctor in all of Hainus, not to mention the only one open at this time of night said Sarah, knowing her logic was likely wasted on Thaddeus. Most likely this, this medicine man wouldn't know the proper healing if it bludgeoned him in the face, Thaddeus muttered. Well said, sir, replied Sarah. This is the worst case of Firefoot I've ever had. He's lucky I have such an incredibly high tolerance of pain. S Sarah, did I ever tell you about the time I fell off the front steps a few years back? It was last year, and yes, several times. Yes, well, there I was, minding my own business. I had recently received a fine new pair of leather shoes as a gift. I was about to go outside, and some worthless servant had forgotten to salt the tops of the stairs in the middle of winter, if you can believe that. I had salted the stairs, but you, in your genius, uh, went outside in a snowstorm in new shoes as a challenge, Sarah answered, too quietly for him to hear. Thaddeus continued, oblivious. And do you know what happened then? Sarah straightened one already perfect corner of a pile of clothes and waited for him to answer his own question. I fell down the entire flight of jagged stone stairs, if not for my incredible pain tolerance. Well, I could not have made it back up those two flights and into my house where the doctor came in and rushed me off for immediate surgery. It was three steps, sir. You just skinned your knee. Barely clinging to life, they said. The surgeon himself said, I mean, I, if I had not had my near inhuman tolerance for pain, why, he did not know if he could have even performed the surgery. Dr. Cameron Sanger heard the nobleman's bluster while descending from the ladder from the roof. He took a long drag from the wineskin flask and then hooked his stethoscope on his neck. In the corner of his shop, he saw two tiny pixies fluttering and chattering among themselves. He winked at them on his way down the steps, and they broke into giggles. Cameron always loved pixies, though he had not seen any in years and never in Hainus. Since the city was located in the northwest corner of the country of Tenland, a country almost entirely composed of humans, their presence in his small clinic seemed odd. He would have to find out what brought them here. But first, he had to make his way into his patient's room, who was not waiting patiently. Hello, sir. How can I help you? asked Dr. Sanger. How can you help? You can find me the doctor, the soothsayer, whatever you imbeciles call a healer in this bloody rat trap of a city, answered the nobleman. I'm Dr. Sanger, Cameron said. You are a doctor here? <laughs> you could be more than 30 years old. Have you ever attended an ill person before in your life? What are your qualifications? Said Thaddeus. My most important qualification is that I'm the only doctor you'll be able to see before tomorrow at noon. My other qualifications include seven years spent at Vladimir University. 
If you need further proof of my abilities, your servant can drive your team of horses the 27-day journey to the university, where I'm sure they'll be glad to help you, said Cameron. I have a rare, a unique disease that you probably have never even heard of. You see, I have what you call... You have firefoot, or gout, said Cameron, examining the nobleman's red foot. It can be quite painful, especially if you indulge. Been to any parties recently? The nobleman glared at him. Actually, yes, but I don't see what that has to do with anything. Cameron continued. Your life of excess seems to be catching up with you, but I can help you nonetheless. Sarah held in her laughter. No one ever condescended to Thaddeus. She watched his face change to a dark shade of red. She had been hired as a servant years ago. Gumble paid well because no one could tolerate him. Sarah put up with anything. Her father had been a general in the Great War and had brought her up to be hardworking, diligent, and fierce. Marie, could you grab some Indemeth and gout poultice, please? Cameron said in the direction of the back of the room. To the nobleman, he said, My nurse will be right back in with some medicine. I'll return in a few minutes to check on you. Cameron walked to the rear of the clinic where Jade sat quietly, sipping some hot chocolate Marie had provided. Jade's bright green eyes darted, taking in the surroundings. She seemed content, but then again, she had just been dangling from a rooftop. How are you holding up, Jade? he asked. How do you know my name? I never gave it to you. Do you always answer questions with questions? Do you? Fair enough, Cameron concluded. You were talking to yourself while dangling from the ledge. I was listening then, remember? Now, how are you holding up? Fine. Cameron noticed her trembling hands as she sipped. Excuse me a minute, Jade. Cameron got up and walked to the counter. Our nobleman patient has been taking the endometh and the poultice is set. Why don't you just heal him and get him out of here? His royal fatness just rubs me the wrong way, Marie whispered. Why's that? He takes sadistic pleasure in the discomfort of a servant, though to her credit, the servant ignores his blustering. Personally, I just want to punch his blubbery face through a wall, she says. <laughs> Why don't you? he asked. Why don't you take another drink and smile for him? she retorted. You think he would even notice anything if I did? Cameron asked. He wouldn't, but his servant, yeah, she's sharp. She feigns a lack of interest, but I have a feeling that very little gets by her. Just heal him and get him out of here. Did you notice the duo on your trip down the hatch? The pixies? I did. It's a long way from Suliad. We'll ask them after I get Nobleman Gumble out of here, he said. Dr. Sanger returned to Gumble, who was complaining loudly about the terrible service and how he could not wait until he got back to Granger, where they had competent doctors. Karen ignored him as he eyed the poultice Marie had applied to the puffy red side of Gumble's foot. After securing the salve in place, Cameron held his hands over the joint and concentrated. Slowly, Cameron willed himself into the nobleman. He felt what the nobleman felt. He saw through Gumble's eyes. As he had done many times before, he allowed himself to feel the pain and know what truly flowed through Gumble's body. A poultice? You think a poultice will heal me? No one ever used a poultice before, you idiot, said the nobleman. Cameron's eyes glazed over as he relaxed. He felt Thaddeus Gumble's foot and sensed a mild tingling pain along the first metatarsal. No fever, no infection, just gout. He delved deeper, concentrating only on the joint, magnifying and increasing his sensation of the area, until that was all he felt and knew. He could sense the tiny, nearly invisible crystals that caused the gout. Cameron released a small, focused portion of his will 
and pushed the energy into the inflamed joint. The nobleman's face relaxed. Cameron felt the inflammation oozing out of the joint. He saw small crystals dissolving. The inflammation dissipated. The warmth and redness disappeared. The entire process happened in about 15 seconds. The nobleman looked at Cameron with a wide-eyed stare. Eh, it's, it's gone! The nobleman's voice betrayed his disbelief. That's the most amazing poultice ever! How did you do that? Your foot should not bother you for quite some time. However, you need to cut down on the fatty foods and the ale or it will return, said Cameron. Huh, maybe you're not a quack after all, muttered Gumble as Cameron walked away. That's a beautiful necklace, Marie said to Sarah. Pixie made, right? Yes, she answered, offering no more in way of conversation. Sarah paid Marie and caught up to the exiting Thaddeus Gumble. Come back if you got returns, called out Marie from the front door. She watched as they walked down the street toward the mayor's house and the week-long party still full swing. Now on to the next problem. What do we do with this little girl? What do you mean? She's a clever girl. She'll be fine. She goes back on the street and disappears into the crowd, replied Cameron. We've been waiting years for something to happen. Maybe this is it. She's, what, 14 years old? And someone hired a triad of assassins to take her out? Said Marie. Marie, they were after me, Cameron insisted. They had to be. It's the only logical conclusion. Maybe. But a triad? We've been trying to keep an eye on many people in this city. You have your suspicions about everyone, and I know that girl was one that you mentioned having quite a bit of potential, said Marie. Not our problem, Marie. Just because one seer pays for her healing by divining our futures doesn't mean we have to uproot all our hard work over the last ten years just because one girl fits the description. We've been silent caretakers for how many street urchins? I've had enough difficulty staying out of trouble without help from a seer's vague predictions, he said. I know you felt the same flux of power I did the second she came into the shop. She has talent, that's for sure. You're better than I am at judging that, though. So you want me to avoid trouble with one person, said Camera, looking at the nobleman walking away. But then you want me to invite it with others? Fat, pompous noblemen can solve their own problems. I have a soft spot in my heart for homeless little girls. Especially one fleeing for her life, who happens to be brimming with talent, she said. Fine. Well, what should we do with her? Excuse me, came a protest from behind them. Jade had snuck up on them. I can take care of myself. Thanks for the drink, but I'm getting out of here. Jade then pushed her way between them and through the door and into the street. Problem solved, Cameron said. Marie peered out the door as Jade disappeared into the rainy night. Two creatures whizzed by in a flash. Thank you for the delicious chocolate beverage, chirped one of the pixies as they flew through the open door. They turned in the direction opposite where Jade had vanished. I think our problems are just starting, answered Marie. Thanks for listening to Chapter 2. New chapters will come out every Monday, but if you're too impatient, just go ahead and go to Amazon and you can download the book on Kindle or you can buy a paperback version right off Amazon searching The Road to Grandeur. We'll see you at the next chapter.